Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Hughes. How you doing, Schwan? I'm doing great. And yourself? I'm great. So uh, we're going to get into uh, UFC fights for last weekend and this week. Before we do that, I just want to uh, uh, point out that my blog is at frankp316.blogspot.com. Both uh, videos for both of these uh, UFC fights from last week are up on my blog. I also did my own podcast yesterday, uh, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, so don't forget to check that out. Okay, uh, last Saturday we had two women's fights on the show. The first one is uh, uh, Shanna Dobson beat uh, Maria Agapova by second-round TKO. And I guess the main story on this particular fight was the ridiculous betting odds. And uh, I'm not a gambler, uh, but what I do know is the odds are ridiculous. John Anik uh, of the UFC broadcaster, uh, he says the odds were out of whack. So I don't know what people were looking at. I don't, you know, I don't think either fighter is all that great. Uh, but um, that's what people saw, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, people just got hung up on the fact that one fighter is losing and one fighter is winning. They didn't provide any context in the fact that one fighter is losing against the better, if not the best, women in the world, and one fighter is beaten up against, essentially, for all intents and purposes, the worst fighters in the world. And once you understand that, who they're competing against, the records get put in perspective, and you can make a more, make a more involved, um, educated decision. But most people aren't going to do that kind of work. And that's why you have such skewed, skewed betting lines. Yeah, it was kind of unusual, I guess. But I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I look at Maria as an unproven fighter. You know, she won the one fight, and uh, she needs to beat better competition. And uh, you know, the good news for her is she's only twenty-three years old. She's originally from Kazakhstan, but she's training at American Top Team with uh, Conan Silvera. And, you know, he's the guy who trains Amanda Nunez. I'm not saying she's as good as Amanda Nunez because I don't think she is. But he can certainly teach her to pace herself. Okay? And if she doesn't yeah. learn that, if she doesn't learn that, that's her problem. But he's the right guy, I think, to yeah. teach her. Um, this was the best time for this loss earlier in her career because if her camp's a good one, and, and from what I know, ATT is a good camp, they might have they might have already addressed this issue with her, but since she's been facing girls who aren't as good, she's never she's never been exposed. She's never really had to pay a price for it, like really pay a price for it. And so now she has. So we're gonna see how dedicated she is to the sport, how good her skill set is, and how coachable she is. Because now we've clearly pointed out the problem. When facing better opposition, you gas, you lose your you lose your confidence, and essentially you get outworked and lose. So now. We need to see if you can make that adjustment to turn the corner and take advantage of all the physical tools and the talents you have. Otherwise, the book's already written on her. Right now, the book's written on her. It's her job to change what the book says. That's right. Now, Shana needed a win. She was on a three-fight losing streak. But again, uh, we, she may be on the upswing because she's, uh, she moved to uh, Denver, training at Elevation Fight Team and Coach Elliot Marshall. And that's also a very good camp. Uh, and um, they're going to help her. They already have, I think. Yeah, this is great for her. They, uh, they I think a prior version of her would have been finished in that first round. She would have given something out and gotten submitted, 
and she she maintained her composure and that sweep she hit was actually improvement in her skill set. Yeah. I still say that her physical tools are her best weapon, but they did show her some tricks that allowed her to survive and to take advantage of it when Agapova gassed. Yeah, I don't think she's a top fighter, but, uh, you know, she can hang around the mid-card for a few years, right? Yeah, I think she can win two, next, her next one or two fights. I think she can get on a streak, a little streak. I don't think she, she'll be elite, but I think she can get in a position to where you have to put her up against somebody who is. Okay. The other fight on this show was Amanda Limos, a Brazilian from uh, Limo, from Belém, Brazil, uh, over uh, Mizuki by um, unanimous decision. Mizuki is from Japan. She's 26 years old. She's been a fighter since she was 16. Uh, she's now training at uh, Longo Serra at Long Island. Um, the thing that I noticed was that Aljamain Sterling was yelling at her like early in the fight for the whole fight, go for a takedown, go for a takedown. All she was doing is she was uh, clinching on the fence and, you know, you can't win fights that way. She needed to get, go for a takedown. By the time she did that, it was just far too late. But I also think that uh, uh, as I, um, uh, Japanese fighters do not lift weights. Okay. And I think they need to work on her strength and condition to get her stronger because Amanda had a, a definite strength advantage. Okay. And so she was able to, uh, you know, kind of be a soft on the, uh, on the uh, clinch. And she was also able to um, um, beat her in the striking because she had a reach advantage as well. Yeah. Um, she, um, Mizuki is a better skilled, more experienced fighter, but she also has had a history of losing against girls who are better athletes, Alexa Grasso, John DeRoba, and losing against people who are just big, physical, strong fighters, Carolina Kovacavich. And this was years ago when Carolina Kovacavich was a worse technical fighter than she is right now. The problem with what Aljamain Sterling was telling her, he was telling her, go get the takedown. But what Sterling forgets is that Chris Weidman is a big, strong, athletic guy. Aljamain Sterling is an athletic guy. All the people who work with them have a certain level of athleticism and, and, a, and a wrestling pedigree that allows them to not just shoot, but to continuously shoot without gassing themselves to get the takedowns and to control an opponent. Mizuki does not have that. Plus, Mizuki, Mizuki already knows that that per, this girl has knockout power. She already dropped me. She's hurting me every time she hits me. I can't hurt her. I don't want to miss, miss on a takedown and get stuffed on a takedown and be in a position where she can tee off on me and I'm pinned to the cage or I'm pinned to the ground. What I'm going to try to do is just force a pace. Hopefully she slows. And then later in the fight, I can take it over, take it over and maybe get a submission or just outwork her to the point where I can pull away and win the decision. Now that wasn't necessarily, I understand her logic, but it wasn't smart. She doesn't have the physical tools to compete with that kind of athlete. Lemos isn't great on the feet. She's not great on the ground, which is this big, strong, explosive and devastating. And that's what separates her from the majority of fighters in that division. Not skill, just this is why power and ability. This is why I'm suggesting that Mizuki needs to hit the weight room in a big way. Okay. Hello. It, it would help. It's not going. It's not going. Yes, it it would help. It's not going to close the gap completely, but it would help. Yeah. And, and here's the thing: Amanda uh, is not a top fighter, in my opinion. I think she's more of a mid card fighter. Uh, but um, this is the type of fighter Mizuki has to beat if she wants to get anywhere in the UFC. Okay. They can have her take a step uh, back. They can have her take a step back and face somebody lesser, but that's not going to help her. 
that that's true. But when they made this matchup, I understand why they made it. But skill wise, it was clearly in her favor. But if you look at her history and look who she struggled against, this was the worst possible match they could have given her. Now, somebody like an Ashley Yoder, there's somebody she might be able to get some work done again because she's also mm-hmm. an average athlete who's trying to find her way. Mizuki can beat her, get a win, and start getting some momentum. But against bigger athletes and athletic girls, she's always going to struggle because you can't make up that kind of that kind of gap. I, I don't believe you can. Okay, let's go on to uh, this Saturday's uh, UFC show. There's three uh, women's fights on the show. Uh, one of them is of interest. The other two, eh, not so much. Uh, the, the one that's of interest is uh, at flyweight. It is uh, Alexa Grasso versus Gian Kim. Uh, Alex, this will be Alexa's first fight at flyweight. Uh, she was missing weight at strawweight, and um, you know she um, uh, she's basically for me she's a points fighter. You know. They like her, one, because she's attractive, two, because she's from Mexico and she could be a big star down there. I just don't think she's a good enough fighter to be a star. Okay, at least, see, I haven't seen it. When she's fought against really good fighters, like somebody like a Tatiana Suarez, she's got her ass handed to her. Okay? Gian Kim is more of a mid-card type fighter, but I don't think she's an easy fight for Alexa. I think uh, uh, G, uh, she um, uh, throws harder. Uh, than, than Alexa. Uh, you know, I don't know if uh, she's going to make weight because she's missed weight the last couple of times. But um, I, I don't think it's an easy fight for Alexa. You know, they may think it is. But no. Kim, they made this fight because Kim is dangerous in the right way. She's an aggressive counterpuncher. She hits fairly hard. But the thing about it is it, if you jump on her early and show her you're a better athlete or you're physically more imposing, her work rate will drop and she'll resort to throwing ones and twos instead of threes, fours, fives, and sixes. And once you get to that point, you can outwork her. You can disrupt her by sticking a jab on her face. You can faint her. You can get to her body and come over the top. There's things you can do against a person once they decide that they're only going to take so many chances. And that's what Kim does when she faces better athletes. Better athletes. She did it against Shevchenko. She did it against um, uh, Pudalova. But when she fought the lesser girls, uh, Nassim Kadim and um, – I want to say Fabian, she was very aggressive, but she was clearly, uh, sorry, yes, Fabian, she was clearly superior to those fighters, and she knew that, and so she, uh, yes, there you go, Melinda Fabian, she was big, she was bigger, stronger, a better athlete, and her work rate and her aggression reflect that. Against better competition, she gets really picky with her shots, she gets a little safety first, she only throws combination in certain spots. Grass is the better boxer, Grass is the better athlete, she doesn't hit as hard, but she can out-hustle her and put the fear into her early and make her become safety first and then outwork her and just score points I, I, and win a fight. I, I, think, it, I think it goes to uh, a decision. Could be a split decision. Yeah, it, it probably will. I, I, I'm going to favor Grasso in it, and I think the UFC wants Grasso to win, and this is a good fight for her. Um, this is a good fight for her to win, and it's, it's also good for Kim because if she wins, she beats the girl who just moved up in weight class and who's – Who's on the UFC's radar for potential stardom? It works for both she has fighters. To make but I'm weight, favor though. Grasso in it. She has to make weight. She's, though. I don't know. She's going to. I think she's going to miss it again. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So the other two fights are not as interesting. We have uh, uh, Mallory Martin against guess who? Okay, Hannah Cyphers at Strawweight. The female Donald Cerrone. Yeah. 
Mallory Martin is a former Invicta fighter. They brought her in on short notice uh, back in February, and she lost to Verna Jandaroba. Unproven, obviously. Uh, she was on the Contender Series a couple of years ago. She won the fight, but she didn't get the contract. Okay. Uh, we've seen Anna Cyphers enough already that it, she's just not very good. Uh, they, they, why did they bring her in? Well, the thing was, when she was before the UFC, she had knockout power in um, smaller companies, regional companies. And she doesn't have that in the UFC. Like the competition level is too high for her. And she has no ground game. So if Mallory can take her down, she can probably submit her. What do you think? Mallory should be able to take her down. Mallory is the better athlete. I think she's a better all-around fighter. The reason Hannah Cyphers is still here is because she does not say no. And the UFC loves a company man, or in this case, a company no woman. Kidding. It doesn't matter what beating she's taking. It doesn't matter how, who the opponent is. She's saying yes to everything. And while you would think any fighter would say yes for an opportunity to fight, there's lots of fighters who aren't talented who are constantly trying to pick the right matchup. Cyphers is just like, let me sign the contract. Get me in there. So yeah. I admire her courage. But how long will skills, they keep she's, her? She's, let me ask you this. Level. How long will they keep her around? I feel like there's somebody she can be in the UFC. If she gets one win, she's going to get another four fights. All right. Okay. The other fight, also low lever fight. This is also a strawweight. Is Emily Whitmire against Pollyanna Vienna? Emily, uh, who, uh, who lost? Who lost to Hannah Cyphers? That's Vienna. right. Emily Whitmire was a tough 26, which is her flyweights, but she's actually a strawweight. She's attractive, so we know why she's there. She's just not very good. And uh, Pollyanna is on a three-fight losing streak. Her claim to fame is she's the one who was uh, – a guy tried to rob her at a bus stop in Rio de Janeiro, and she proceeded to beat the crap out of her. Okay, but she hasn't done so good. Yeah. She hasn't done so well in the UFC. Okay, so like she said, she's on a three-fight losing streak, and one of those fights was to Hannah Cyphers. Okay, so yeah, the, pro- the problem with Vienna, all she has is aggression. She's a decent enough athlete, but all, all she seems to have is aggression. She attacks, but she doesn't seem to have any structure to her striking or really any functional grappling or wrestling. She just hasn't shown any. But she is a better athlete. She is more durable than Whitmire. So in that regard, she could be dangerous. But Whitmire, in my, my opinion, has improved, and she's a much better grappler. Whitmire should win this just based off the skill set and just on the faces. She's fact, she's faced good competition too. But the fact that Whitmire is not very durable and Whitmire is not very physical, I, I could see I could see her getting caught early and maybe getting roughed up, maybe even losing losing a decision. But I, I'm going to say she's got enough skill and enough awareness and she's beaten enough tough, experienced opponents to where she can make an adjustment and beat uh, beat this girl. And I don't want to be known as the second per- the person who lost to the person who lost to Hannah Cyphers. That's just yeah, no good. That's a crushing defeat. Okay, so those three fights are this week, Saturday. Uh, the fir- like I said, the first one I'm interested in. The other two, not so much. Okay, so... <laughs> um, now, one other thing I wanted to talk about. So last week, Brett Okamoto of ESPN um, reported that uh, Amanda Nunez will defend the featherweight championship against Megan Anderson. And then Ariel Helwani... Dangerous fight. Huh? And then, sorry, I said, I said, dangerous fight <laughs> for who? But anyway, <laughs> anyway, the point. Ariel Halwani reported after that that it is uh, Megan's final fight on a UFC contract. Okay, so well, that makes sense what, now. That makes sense. So what we might think 
Oh, oh, I also would point out that uh, she said in an interview earlier this week that Megan said in an interview earlier this week that she was uh, she was um, talking to her coach uh, James Strauss about possibly dropping to one thirty five. Okay, if you can imagine that. Anyways, I don't. The I point. Can't. The point is She's what this might. So, so what this might signal is the end of the featherweight division, right? Not according to Dana yes. White. He said last Saturday that they're going to go bring in some more featherweights. Right. Now, so that brings along the discussion is what the where the hell is he going to find any featherweights? There aren't any really out there. And I know that there's two coming up on a uh, episode of the uh, Contender series, but other than that, they're not out there, man. Who's the girl? Who's the Sorry? girl in Bellator who lost her title to Cyborg? Who's the girl in Bellator who lost her title to Cyborg? Uh, Julia the Canadian Bud. fighter. Uh, Julia yeah, Bud. Is her contract coming up? Is I she coming up? So. Is her contract coming up? I don't okay. believe so. Other than, I don't. I don't know who that, who else there is for them to go this route, unless Megan Anderson upsets her. Because if she does, well, if she that's does, that's the biggest. But if she does, then I can see a lot of fighters being willing to move up to challenge Anderson because Al- Anderson's terrible. But otherwise, well, but there's no point in having the division. There's, there's. Let's forget about that for a second because what I really want to talk about is, you know, I've always felt that they never should have started a featherweight division in the first place. The only reason they did was because of Cyborg, and she didn't appreciate it anyway. And the point is, uh, there aren't any really decent featherweights out there. You can look at uh, even Bellator. If you look past uh, Cyborg and Julia Budd, and even Kat Zingano, I wouldn't even consider Kat Zingano as a featherweight. You know, she's done so little at Federation primarily at Bantamweight. But even past that, there really isn't anybody out there. I mean, who they got coming in to fight Kat Zingano? An awful fighter. Gabriel Holloway? She's awful. So basically, there's only been one decent featherweight who has been developed and that in, in recent years. And that decent featherweight is Felicia Spencer. But there really isn't anybody decent for her to fight, so she can't get better. And so... To, uh, he's saying he's going to get more featherweights. I don't know where the hell he's finding them. They're not out there. Not that I'm aware of. You know, and I keep an yeah, eye on it, stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't really know that there are any either. I mean, Megan Anderson was one time c- considered one of the best featherweights in the world, and she's been awful ever since she started fighting. Um, yeah. yeah there, is, is there, there anybody? I mean, I would uh, re- that's a serious question. Is there anybody? You got me. All right. You know, uh, even, so even, if, even if you get rid of Nunez, go ahead. Go ahead. So that, that that brings up something that you brought up the other day. Maybe instead of starting featherweight, they should have started Adam weight. And I don't necessarily think they should have started Adam weight either. And the reason I say that is because, yes, there's a lot of Adam weights out there, but how many of them are any good? That's the big question. And the answer is very few. Most of them are pretty Listen, if they started an atomweight division in the UFC, we'd hear more of the same complaints that we hear about the strawweight division, that they're all points fighters. They don't throw hard enough. They don't, none of them can, can fight on the ground. All they can do is dance with each other. The only person I can see getting a benefit out of an atomweight division is Michelle Watterson, because she's really not a strawweight. She's an atomweight. But other than that, and I don't even think she's the best at atomweight, you know, so other than that, other than Michelle Watterson, 
Who else is out there that's really any good in that division? Okay, I'll give you the number one name who I say that had a ring, and that's Ham Sohi. Okay, who uh, used to be in the UFC, but she's now fighting for Road FC. Okay, she's probably the best atom weight in the world right now. You could put Ayaka Hamasaki uh, second, but the problem with Ayaka is she's 37 years old, so she's too old. Okay, you got anybody else? Uh, I mean, nobody who's elite. That's a lot my of good, point. not great fighters. That's my point. But in feather, my- but if wait, you barely have, you have featherweight, you barely have good fighters. At least in Adam, you'd have a lot of fighters. Yeah, but they're not any good. Most of them. They're not. Most of them. The, 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 most the talent, I won't even say they're not any good. I, I won't even say they're not the any good. The talent is It's huge. You you can admit that, correct? It's much what? better in atom weight than it is the feather. Well, sure, because there's more of them, but I think most of them are the same fighter. Like, they're interchangeable. They might be interchangeable, but at featherweight, we don't even have enough girls to be interchangeable. Well, uh, I don't think either of them are acceptable, quite frankly. I, I just... There, we, we, uh, listen, if, if, I, if I thought there were better fighters in that weight class, no problem. I don't think there are. You can't come up with the point of the, the, the the point. Yeah, I understand that. But the thing I'm saying is, there's basically five even acceptable fighters in the featherweight division. We have more than five acceptable fighters in atomweight. Maybe they're not great, but they're be- they're at least well, decent. Felicia Spencer Spencer was an atomweight. She wouldn't be ranked in the top 25. She'd get killed. If Megan Anderson was a, a, an atomweight, she would rank in the top 25. She'd get killed. But if you smooth up these, if some of these atom weights could become featherweights, then we'd have a division full of at least competent fighters. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I at this stage of the game, I, I would have preferred atom weight to featherweight, but I don't think the division, the atom weight division, is good enough either. I think there's more of them, which is fine. If you're looking, to, all you're looking to do is fill up cards, and maybe that's what they're looking to do. I don't know. That I wouldn't what be they're looking to do. do. Well, I wouldn't be looking to do that. Okay, I want to have decent fighters. I want entertaining fighters. And Adam Wake fighters, all we're going to get is more complaints. Okay, about lack of skill, lack of aggression, all that stuff. Which I got news for you, it's true, especially in that division. Okay, yeah, but so. most of the fans really, you, at least you watch the fights. Most of the fans are complaining what somebody else told them. I can't take them seriously. They're not even watching. Wow. Anyway, anyway I, I listen, I, I don't know where Dana White is going to find more featherweights because I don't know of any. Uh, but uh, he, if he wants to, it doesn't look like he's interested in that weight, and that's fine. I don't have a big problem with that. I just don't think the fighters. You know, like I see enough of them, uh, I see enough of them in places like uh, Invicta and Deep Jewels to know that the talent level is really bad. Okay, I mean, the Invicta champ, right, Junior Fry, she went over to freaking Korea, and she got knocked out by Ham Sohi. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about here. You basically got one. Really, really good Adam weight. Okay. Ham so heat. And there ain't nobody else. 
right? And that's the problem, okay? My question to you is this. Do you want quantity or quality? What you're going to, I know what you're going to tell me, though. I think the division has more quality and more quantity. We literally have five featherweights, five decent featherweights. We have five decent we have more than five atom weights. Then name me five atom weights, please. Shouldn't Kay Hansen be fighting at atom weight? No. I think she could. Well, no. I don't think she's big. See, big, you, see big, I, you can't do that. You can't do that. I told you, Michelle Watterson doesn't count. Anybody who's in the UFC doesn't count. Okay. How can they not count? Because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you have to bring in fighters from someplace else, and they're not good enough. Okay? That's what I'm talking about. Okay? You could bring over... Uh, um, you could bring over somebody like uh, 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 Hamsohi, of course, Ayaka. There really isn't, even in Japan, and that's all they have is atom weights in Japan, but most of them aren't very good. Okay? And, and that's the problem. They're, they, they're not good enough. You know? And, oh, but, and in Japan, deep, deep is even starting what they call microweight. You know what microweight is? Mm, what was it like uh, 110, 105? Wait, no, 195? 100. Okay, yeah. The, the model for that is, yeah, you've probably heard of her. Uh, she still fights. Satoko Shinashi. Okay. So she's a veteran fighter. She's been around for years. She retired and then she came back after she started a family. Okay, so she's like in her 40s. Okay. So that's the problem. The problem is... The talent level is so low. I mean, it would be a, it would be bad. Okay, I don't know if I want to see that. Okay, all right. Anyway, you, <laughs> anything else you want to say about that or no? No, uh, no. Uh, you you've made a very good argument for this. All right. So that's about it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, I have two things. One, if Megan Anderson's smart, she gives up on going to 35, gives up on 45, and just signs with the PFL and tries to get down on their 155 tournament. And two, if y'all like my take on podcasting and what I contribute to the show, feel free to listen to me on my other podcast, MMA Ratings Podcast. It usually comes out on Tuesday. Okay, no problem. Now, uh, as far as uh, PFL goes, uh, uh, PFL goes, the, the problem with PFL is that the main fighter there uh, is not able to drop lower than 155 for health reasons. Did you know that? I don't think Megan Anderson can fight at 35. Well, I'm not talking about Megan Anderson. Well, I, 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 know, I know that that girl can't drop, but I, I think it's a better opportunity for her to move up and fight mm, and try to get be. to the championship than to, to try to drop to 35. That's not going to work for Anderson. Are you nuts? Yeah, no kidding. Anyway. All right, that's enough. That's it for today. Anyways, if you have any, uh, uh, don't forget, like I said, to check out my blog, frank316.blogspot.com. If you have comments or questions for either my blog or either my podcast, you can leave my name as voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.